0: Welcome to IP Frequently. IP Frequently is brought to you by Dominion Harbor Enterprises and is sponsored by IPedia. IPedia, innovation clarity that provides real, actionable patent intelligence. Join our hosts David Pritham and Brad Sheaf, advancing the issues of intellectual property.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome to another episode of IP Frequently. Today, we have a special guest star. But first, the most special guest star in the room is my good friend and colleague, um, L. Bradley Sheaf. Thank you, David. We do have a special guest star. And we're very playing. excited about this for a variety of reasons. It's kind of a variety of show. Given it that it's the, the it's the end of the year. It's end of the year. Santa is going to be coming down that chute any day now, any minute. The chimney is roasting with chestnuts. Good Lord. Santa know that? Santa he may, may. Want, he may, he want, maybe he may want to revise his plans. But no, this is an exciting time, correct? It is an exciting And we're excited an about time. Santa coming down the chute, correct? The, the big chimney, the big production. And we're
2: equally
0: as excited about Nick Gross
1: Nick coming Gross. down the chute. Jay Nicholas Gross. The Count. The Count. The... Um, IP Law Master of Berkeley. And some would say
0: the Mark Lemley of the East Bay. Others wouldn't. Others wouldn't. But... He'll be on with us today. He's a patent practitioner. He's been around for decades, the guy. He's got patent. He's a named inventor. And it's very rare we do these
1: prediction shows. In fact, we only do them once a year. Right. Towards the end. Towards the end. And we're going to have Nick on. I will remind everyone. And again, I don't like to toot my own horn or pat myself on the back or do anything like that. But I have predicted all of the major sporting events in these podcasts this year and i I get your your direct mails and your messages your tweets your telegrams um western unions as well and so thank you keep them coming but i appreciate the fact that i'm trying to channel some of this I, i do think the prediction i'll have later on about alabama i know a lot of you alabama fans are concerned about them falling out of the bcs i wouldn't be so concerned i have a i have a feeling
0: David has a feeling, my friends, and and when he does, one of two things happen. He's either right about it or he's got to change his pants, sometimes both. We're going to bring Nick in at this point, so let's do that. All right. Well, we appreciate Nick Gross joining us today. Nick has kindly agreed to spend some time with us here on IP Frequently. Nick is a patent practitioner. He's been in the business over 30 years. He's also a named inventor who has been around the patent business in many facets, litigation, prosecution, and what I like to refer to as whatnot. Uh, If you're looking for a title for Nick, it would be the IP Law Master of Berkeley, California. Nick, thanks for being on with us. Or the count.
2: (laughs) There you go. Thanks. I I appreciate you understating my credentials. Um, I'm uh, honored to be on your program, such as it is. I've, I've heard you guys a lot, and I feel like a kindred spirit given the, the degree of surliness and, and other hostilities <laughs> that I hear expressed. <laughs> yeah. wow. Anyway, as you said, I've been, I've been doing this for more than 30 years. And so it's very, uh, I don't know, it's kind of bittersweet to kind of watch the, the the pendulum of things swing back and forth so much to the point where people forget really originally what the whole purpose was of some of these laws and some of these uh, different courts we have. And so, um, Unfortunately, we're, we're being kind of drowned out, us old folks.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of folks being drowned out, particularly patent owners. But we thought, given the time of year that we were in, that it might be timely to do some predictions for 2018.
1: I so, thought this was the 12 Days of Christmas episode. Is
0: it not? Oh no, we did. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, you were you were great on it. it was I like good? The suit was good. Yeah, dead, until still- you passed out. Well, that happened. Yeah. Was that was that but the warm up act? Me. I mean, shit,
1: day four. It's, yeah. it's longer than I've made yeah. it. I'm usually it's day two and I'm
0: yeah. out. So we'll do some we'll do some predictions, and you know, Nick, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have a particular prediction you love for 2018?
2: A prediction I love. Well, I have to say it's a prediction I hate, in that I believe the Supreme Court is not going to crap can the uh, the IPR pr- process. This is too. It's just too lucrative for the people who have the money and means. So I don't, I don't see them, unfortunately, getting rid of that particular, you know, kangaroo court any, anytime soon.
0: So then, what do you think they're going to do there, if anything? I mean, you think they're just going to leave it stand pat? I think they're going to try to. Do you think they're going to try to modify it in some way, or what? What do you think's going to happen?
2: I think what, what you see in a lot of these opinions coming out from the Supreme Court, especially when you look at the dialogue expressed by Chief Justice Roberts, you really get a sense for how clueless they are about how the PTO actually works. Because there's not a single case that goes by without Roberts saying something like, really? That happens? Right? They're so disconnected from the process that I don't think they're going to try to get down in the weeds and fix something like, to tweak something. That's just not going to happen. They have a very high-level view of everything, and so it's either an all-or-nothing proposition. Now, there's a few people on the court. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, Nick, but wouldn't you agree that Judge Breyer is a really good um, judge when it comes to IP rights and understanding
2: technology? And the trillions (laughs) of patents, patent office pumps out every year, I believe his quote. You can't deny that, can you? I I have to remember my dialogues with David, because last time I saw you was at Trollapalooza. I don't remember if you were sober or not, so I have to decide whether to take your question serious or not. <laughs> not
0: doubtful. <laughs> well, very <laughs> doubtful. I mean,
1: <laughs> my, my, my good friend and colleague, uh, Brad Sheep, was also was. at Trollopalooza. Likewise was. Was um, doubtful. Okay. He was probably uh, making sure that he didn't fall on the floor.
0: But no, uh, well, no you don't want to see – now, yeah, go ahead, Nick. I mean, I, no, I what, what I was going to say to was, it's going to be. Breyer thinks the patent office is pumping out a million patents a second, apparently. But but
1: what about Judge Kennedy and his knowledge of software? <clears throat> <it? laughs>
2: yeah, my other favorite. I mean, if you read the Alice opinion, he's all offended about the fact that someone could actually render some code over a weekend to effectuate an invention. So somehow that's, you know, anathema to the laws of patents, something like that. So he, you know, they're all. So disconnected from technology and, and the laws as originally done that it's just, it's just, uh, it's hard to read anyway. So I think that people like Gorsuch, who just came on, they're opposed to the PTO purely on philosophical and other kinds of ideological grounds. And therefore, you know, for him, it just is wrong for that reason. But there's no kind of visceral this is a bad situation, this is a bad form, if you will, for inventors kind of thing going on in his mind. And there's not enough of that in the rest of the people to, in my opinion, kind of change the the, the overall flavor dynamic of what we're seeing today. And so I don't see, I don't see the, where the votes are going to come from to kill it. I mean, Kennedy, I think Kennedy, who's kind of like supposed to be, right, he's kind of the... The, the canary, if you will, in the coal mine. He was very much like, Well, why they could just give you one year term, could they not? They could say patents are great, but we're only gonna give you one year term. What could you do about that? And there wasn't a really good answer for that either. And so in his mind again, there seems to be no wrong the government can do that's that's really not allowed within their purview anyway. So
1: Hey Nick, you know when, when you say when you say beg's a beg's a good question. It, which I'm going to ask. Um, do you think the lawyers in this case um, were uh, preparing for this, uh, this hearing in a, in a pub crawl or similar event?
2: <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I, I hesitate to criticize anybody who has the guts to get up there and talk to nine people that I know most of them don't have any understanding at all what I'm talking about. And then trying to, I do that you know, every to day, penetrate man. every every day. I
1: come in a room here at Golden Harbor, and I I literally you talk to twelve people that don't know anything. They have know. they have no clue what I'm talking about, but I do it. I do it. I'm well, there the you go. Line. See,
2: line. you're you're they a better man than be I, Gungadin. <laughs> so, ah, Gunga Din. yeah, I mean, um, uh, that you know, I I forgot your original question now. But anyway, the 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 point it really is doesn't matter. That the 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 lawyers, I think, did as best as they could. What I don't think they were prepared to do was, I didn't think they were prepared well, wait, to defend... Wait a minute. Can I ask you a question? They did the best sure. they could, but my
1: God, how can you not be ready for the re-exam question? Yeah. How can you not be ready? I was just going to
2: say that. Uh, right, right, exactly. I was just going to say that, in fact, was that that was the point I thought that they were very weak on and were just not, you know, more primed to defend that territory, because... You know, if you're gonna say that if you're gonna say that um, whatever, how many years was it? Thirty years of venue law was wrong, then why don't you say thirty-five years of reexamination law was wrong then, right? I mean, she could have gone down that route. She said she could have said, you know what, you're right. Re examinations also, to a large extent, are probably right on the edge and probably they should have been challenged a long time ago, just like the venue interpretation was wasn't challenged for thirty years. But She didn't seem prepared to want to do that. And by doing that, she kind of gave them latitude. Well, you know, I I think she understood that there was, again, there's going to be this crop of people on the court who are kind of very differential to anything the government does. And I think, I don't remember who it was, Kagan, or Sotomayor made some comment like we at the government or the government, whatever. And it was very much like this us against you kind of thing. It wasn't, it wasn't, offending her judicial sense of honor like it's not us article three versus article two it's us the government against you and so, so i'm gonna
1: date uh, myself know. i'm gonna date myself a little bit here i'm gonna date myself a little bit here and okay. have you ever
0: seen you know the big the big going slip yourself a roofie on this date or it's no, a different <laughs> oh,
1: all right. and i'm also not talking about the dates you eat that, now that's a completely different really candidate. good for your digestive yeah. health. That's a lot there. of fiber. Have you ever seen the big, uh, big uh, series with uh, Harrison Ford, uh, the Temple of Doom series with uh, Harrison Ford? Yeah. Yes. So the one yeah. with Sean Connery. Correct. Remember that was Dad plays his dad. plays his dad. Yeah. And there's right. this scene. There's this big scene in the middle of it where there's there's thunder and there's lightning and there's rain everywhere and heavy weather it's some Scottish castle or some German, it's an Austrian castle.
0: Yeah. And Harrison right.
1: Ford goes back to rescue 007, his dad, right. Sean, Sean Connery. And uh, right. in, in the scene, uh, he rescues him, and then they're eventually caught by the Nazis. And the Nazis are like, well, give me the, the, the papers of Sean Connery. And Sean Connery's like, you think I'm an idiot? You think I would have them here? And there's no way my son's stupid enough to bring them here. And then he realizes right. that has them had, the court has them, and he says I may as well have, have sent them to the Marx group. well the Marx got <laughs> a better job preparing this, this this lawyer for this hearing I mean mm. I don't know why people go in there they're so deferential I mean this isn't the court of Warren Burger right this isn't the court of Earl Warren uh, this isn't right. the Taft court. I mean, this court I mean come on it's so damn political and everything is a joke and I mean half of these folks up there I mean, you know Scalia's dead what is that most of these folks are, are just are just lightweights in, in general when it comes to jurisprudence so it, right. it would be nice if up there with a little damn moxie and said you know what both regimes are are, are unconstitutional why not right Gor yeah. yeah bite on that right away we know he's against the administrative state why why someone doesn't do that I don't know
2: yeah well I think you know again yeah. I, I think to her credit you have to be you have to be somewhat adaptable and flexible on your feet because you can't, I don't think you can go in there with too hard of a, of a, of a, of a game plan because then too, you're just not able to, I think in my opinion, to, to, to kind of adapt on the fly. And I think that listening to the questions should have clued her in more like, okay, there's a group on this side, then I'm just going to lose no matter what. Right. (laughs) There's nothing I can give them that's going to make them happy. Right. And so To some extent I think you have to do that. And so while I, I while I agree with you that, that as an old timer, <laughs> I agree also that it's just a, it's a completely ridiculous setup. The fact is that she had to go in there to try to find five votes. Right. And so she has to work on people individually and figure out what their threshold is of compatibility with her position. I think if she had tried to throw all reexamination underneath the bus, she would have gotten Kennedy immediately, if you will on her on her bad side. Right. And so I think that she could have done a better job of trying to explain the difference. And I think that there are differences, but because she's also not apparently someone that I think actually has ever practiced, at least not from what I can tell, it's hard for her to articulate what those differences are. And so again, you know, like I said, I i, I can't fault somebody who who has the whatever the moxie to get up there and, and argue with nine people that you can read from the opinions are completely clueless. And so it's just yeah. it's it's hard. It's hard to watch an entire system that used to be kind of the premier institution of this country go down the toilet because of this kind of apathy and misdirection from people. Yeah. Well, now we're are, tied
0: with Hungary, So that, that's good. Yeah, but,
2: um,
1: but, but I mean, a bigger problem is that is that, we, you know, we all look to this hearing as a way there's a chance. Right. I mean, they, you know, my God, there's a chance. And especially with Gorsuch there. And it's it's right. part of this whole culture we're living in, where it's it's sort of, I call it the Kardashian culture. I and mean, you would have mm-hmm. been better off if the Kardashians went up there and, you know, smiling at a couple of the justices that, that Obama appointed and right. you know, maybe getting a couple of others by referencing Joseph Story's commentaries on the Constitution. And then, right. uh, my God, I'm not. But it's, it's. Well, look, you know, from my perspective, all, going around the round table, we all agree that oil states
2: is probably not going to not going
0: to result yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. in no, perspective, it
2: ain't going to happen. Right, and, and like I said, I think to me, the, the if if it were me, you know, the perspective I would have tried to do was to try to draw a bigger distinction between this kind of appropriation or cannibalization of Congress of you know of rights, <clears throat> procedures, protocols that are normal, normally Article Three jurisdiction, and said, you know what, look, I know what you're saying. You're saying that re-examinations also involve this kind of process. But what happens when you start to allow this and these forms, tribunals do this and do this and do this, at what point do you say, okay, this thing's got feathers, it's yellow, it flows in the water, it quacks, right? Are you going to tell it. me it's not a duck Check now, it. right? I mean, ostrich, ostrich, you? Yeah. So, okay, so I
1: think, I think we're in – so Brad is not exactly moving this along like John McLaughlin. So I'll, I'll jump in. The, the, the okay. Second, the second topic we've got is – um, is uh, the, the new director of the Patent Office? I know, and I know we can all agree. I know I've, I've, I hear from Tom Hochstetter, our uh, our producer here, that um, you are a pro Trump guy, Nick. So um, I know that <laughs> you, you, you approve of the Andre Iancu, um nomination, and it looks like he's going to get confirmed by the full Senate, which to me is a good thing. Um, it seems to me that if any change is going to happen, it's not coming from SCOTUS. It's not coming from the Federal Circuit. God knows it's not coming from Congress that can't get out of their right. own damn way. The only chance right. we have is this lawyer from IREL Manila, which makes a ton yeah. of money on contingency patent litigation, fixing the PCAP, fixing the 101 guidance. And it's got to start somewhere. And that's the only place it could start. What do you think about that?
2: Well, you know, I, it's almost impossible to think of a replacement for the previous person who could be any worse, right? And she she shall remain nameless except to, be, to say her first name began with Michelle, right? I mean, she just, I think she was a disaster for us uniformly. And to hear her yeah. now in hearings trying to backtrack about how she had no involvement whatsoever in some of this panel packing is also one of those, okay, so if the captain of the ship isn't paying attention down below and they run under the rocks, I mean, okay, who's to blame now, right? I will, I will say, but I will say, uh, full disclosure, Brad...
1: Uh, is wearing a Michelle Lee is my hero t shirt right now and
2: a <laughs> okay hat. Okay, I sure, am
0: so. I mean, no yeah. one could have possibly been better for patents than Michelle effing Lee. Yeah,
2: that's right, that's right. So, Yanku, I don't feel I don't know enough about him and I don't know enough about his you know, whatever core philosophy to understand whether he's really there to make a difference and to make a change and whether this is a cause he wants to take up or what he hasn't really said enough for me to be able to say, yeah, you're right. He's the kind of person who can see that this devastation of patent rights is causing so much uncertainty and instability that it's a bad thing for the country as a whole. And it starts with this new, you know, one-on-one fetish, which has become effectively, you know, the hammer to solve all patents. And if you do prosecution work, you see it now all the time. And, you know, the old Japanese expression is, if all you got is a hammer everything looks like a nail, right? And so the, the examiners are using this, this opinion. That is that was Japanese? I believe it was, yes. Anyway, maybe they used to use dowels back in those the days because they didn't English? have iron nails. That would, be, that, would be <laughs> that would be odd. I
0: appreciate them doing that because if they stood in Japanese, I would have never gotten. But you know what? You can't doubt
2: the Mark Lemley of the West Bay or the East Bay.
0: It's correct. The
2: West Bay. Would be <laughs> the East Bay. Anyway. There's, there's, so the, the the point to me is that um, I think, you know, they have to solve one-on-one from within the patent office. But for now, it's such a convenient tool that allows for reducing backlog that it's hard, it's hard to see how someone's going to take that away from them. Because, again, they're just humans. The, the examiners are human. And once they see that they've got this tool that allows them to kill a whole bunch of cases on their docket very easily and very quickly – I think it's, it's tempting to keep it, and I don't know how they're going to pry that out of their hands. And again, like I said, if you've looked at some of the opinions coming out of the PTAB, the, uh, the appellate board that's reviewing the cases, they're, they're running you know 9 to 1 in favor of affirming examiners who basically just kind of wave their hands and say, well, this is an abstract idea, you haven't, you haven't claimed anything else, end of story. It really literally takes nothing more than that to get a rejection, unlike, as you probably know, under the substantive examination rules 102 and 103, where you have to get a real reference, you have to read the reference, you have to apply the reference, show it maps to claims. It's a lot of work. And you can just see that the examiners don't really care for that approach anymore. If you've got Alice and you've got 101, use that. Now, again, I'm hoping that this guy is going to try to make some changes because the current mindset of the PTO directorship is such that whenever an opinion comes down from the Federal Circuit the Supreme Court, they try to interpret it in the most uh convenient, self serving way that makes their workload lighter. And so, you know, that's been the that's been kind of the, the order of the day over the past couple of years. So unless he can reverse that that kind of internal mindset, again, it's hard to know whether we're gonna have any improvement. On right so,
1: topic, now. topic three, um, will unified patents be in existence uh, on December 31,
2: 2018? <laughs> well, um, you know, I'd be happy to put them out of the misery, but uh, I don't think I'm going to get that chance. Uh, I suspect that like a lot of those bottom feeding creatures, they're going to figure out some way to come up with another way to shake money. Down from the people that are paying them now. Have you seen their? Um,
1: so Nick, have you looked at their executive team?
2: Only I've only seen a couple of names floated by every once in a while, but I don't know enough about all of them to be able to make a general assessment.
1: So do you think they're creative I think it's enough accurate to refer to them as floaters? I mean, it's not like they're going to get one. Of, so the natural thing you would think, right, is that these guys who, let's say, oil states goes the right way, yay yippee. Um, what, what do you think they're going to do? Get one of those big. You know the, the machines that, um, that 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 screen print T-shirts go down to Venice Beach selling shirts, hanging out with Snap, yeah, yeah <laughs> <the> Snap guys, <laughs> the cool guys at the beach. Well, given yeah, give the fact, I mean, maybe we could just, I mean, maybe we could say, what do you think they could do? Because I I don't think there's a lot firing on that into the table.
0: No, they're not qualified what? to be like Major League Baseball mascots. They could they all get jobs
1: that. like door to door, like uh, encyclopedia sales.
2: Well there th- doesn't so that, seem to be uh, though any shortage of opportunities for people who wanna take money from the you know the big five if you will and 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 spend it lobbying. Is it Matt Lauer looking either... for a new
1: assistant I mean, and you could hire
0: a couple of those guys.
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah, they could be his locksmith.
2: <laughs> or put on a couple of dresses and you know, who knows?
1: Well they already wear the dresses. Hey Nick, wait a minute. This is not that kind of show. <laughs> wait a minute. You're taking this <laughs> off the rails. <laughs>
2: I'm come disappointed come to come hear me. that.
1: I am. I am joking. So um, I think the last question we want to go around the table on and get everyone's opinion is one, not oil because that's low hanging fruit or unified patents. Cause that's we're having fun with that. But one thing you think is going to happen in the patent space, in 28 thing that 2018, that no one is thinking of I'll start. I think that you guys have attacked me for it. I think that the, um, because I, I think, Ayanku is a bigger deal than people give credit for, and I think that the U.S. is going to become more of the focus of the patent marketplace than it's been in the last decade. So I, I would that 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 would be my big bold prediction. That, and I will also predict that Alabama, we're taping this right before Thanksgiving. Alabama will sneak in to the Final Four uh, in the NCAA, even though they
0: lost Auburn. I'm okay. going to go second. I will say that given the, the season of sexual harassment, claims, that we're going to see some claims affect uh, the federal circuit. We're going to see some judges uh, resign in disgrace and some new appointments that's going to reinvigorate uh, the federal circuit. That's my bold prediction. For wow. Two words.
1: two words. Matt tells you right now for the federal
0: circuit. Yeah, we could put Matt on so that's the federal more than, circuit. Is that more than two words? Well, it doesn't matter. However many words it is, it's a good idea. Or Hawk. Hawk would be better. Hawk, Hawk could get on the Federal Circuit and there'd be a lot of pregnant pauses. Hawk would like pretty Remember
1: that judge of the Untouchables?
0: Oh, yeah. the, untouchables the big movie with yeah, 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 yeah. that. Yeah, and
1: in the judge never bring a knife to a gunfight. Right. If you have Hawk on that court, we're safe. We are so. Not we, but no, no. I mean, no, it'll be fair.
0: Keep it fair. This is fair. Your
1: Honor, Your Honor. This is by I assume we're this. Okay. This uh, could
2: come out there. Well, there's a lot of dead weight we got to get rid of from that court, so you know, there's no question. But it'd be nice if there was something that, like that to occur.
0: My prediction will be that before 2018 is out, Matt Del will be wearing a black robe and nothing else, and a, a wig, potentially a wig, but certainly nothing else, <laughs> somewhere outside my somewhere, then, yeah, somewhere outside <laughs> of his house. All right. and referring to himself in the third person as "my honor."
2: Uh well Nick. We uh,
0: make
2: are waiting for you to make your prediction for 2018. Something people aren't expecting. Uh,
0: um, actually, you know what? We could also do 2062.
1: But that's a oh, different yeah, prediction. No, see, that's, no, that's not, I do believe. I do believe they'll still be making Star Wars films and <laughs> they'll be flying cars.
0: <laughs>
2: anyway, I'm sorry, Nick. Um, uh, let me think here uh, I didn't really come prepared with my you know future goggles on here to to make a good um
1: actually you know what Nick prediction. while you're thinking that I've got a question from one of our Facebook live listeners it's uh Jason and Jason wants to know should we get rid of should we get rid of the federal circuit and just rely on the circuit courts to uh decide the fate of appellate issues. Uh, I would say, Jason, the answer is yes. I'm
2: sorry. Go ahead, Nick. Well, you know, in a way, I have to agree with you because there was a time when there was a reason for the creation of the Federal Circuit, which was to, you know, kind of give some stability to inventor rights. And because they've achieved exactly the opposite effect, maybe it is time to kind of throw them in the hopper. But in terms of stuff for for, for 2018, you know, one thing I would say is that I don't think – the question about venue is over with yet, despite what the federal circuit tried to do in the most recent Cray case, where they tried to shut the door on any kind of enlightened or modern-day analysis of the question. I think there was a, an article published a couple of days ago by Judge Robinson um, in Delaware or New Jersey. Anyway, one of those jurisdictions. Anyway, which she basically said, you know, the federal circuit is trying to apply this venue rule in a very arrested primitive way when there's really no basis for doing that. And I think that there's going to be other courts around the country who are going to look at the question other than Eastern District other than Eastern District, Texas, and they're going to say, you know what, this idea that somehow if I'm in the pocket, if I'm doing business in the pocket of every person in this district, because I own a cell phone and I have an app, and you can buy stuff with your phone physically in Florida, in the middle district, whatever, you are effectively doing as having as much physical presence as anybody else on the planet. So even though they shot down um, Gilstrap's analysis, even though you didn't really go there, I think that there's going to be other cases around the periphery from other jurisdictions which are going to trickle into the CAC. And because it's never the same panel, I think you're going to see a split developing with Venue to the point where companies like Google can't pretend that they don't do business now in Eastern District, Texas, which was an opinion that came down a couple days ago.
0: All right, fair enough. We will put that down in the record books. We're is writing this down in not
2: pencil, <laughs> correct? Correct. <laughs>
0: last year, <laughs> last year, pencil, and we had that. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had a, we had a, a little bit of a foul.
1: Although this I'm is probably our, our, our last episode expert. of the year, so I do want to say to everyone um, that uh, remember, I correctly predicted the Masters winner, uh, the NCAA tournament, the Super Bowl. I predicted not only the score. But the Patriots will be down twenty-eight to three, and then come back and win. Um, so I have had a pretty good year in terms of prognostication. You must have made a and mint then. And I just don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. We'll just leave it at
0: that. Nick, I don't. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we certainly want to make you aware. If you're not, every one of our special guests that comes on the podcast, it's a big sponsor,
1: is, big sponsor. Is,
0: is presented a supply of riseroni. So, so that Nick, is going to be coming your way, Nick. Nick, Nick big room in from, your pantry. Being from the East you know, Bay.
1: Know. I know you right. know about the San Francisco uh, and what we tried to do is replicate I mean you're old enough, and we are too, but we recall the great game shows of the seventies. Remember Match Game with Gene, Gene Rayburn? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Someone yeah. would leave with a duper duper box of rice aroni. And it was never me. Okay. But I was also Yeah. Um <laughs> but the important point here is that Rice Aroni, which I believe is still in business, they were may have been a lot of the proponents the, the The constituent parts of rice aroni have been found to cause various problems, but we're not going to talk about that. The fact is, it's a good food. It's a whole meal. It's a whole meal. I mean, Brad has been dropped in the middle of Afghanistan, the Iraq, and parts of the Arabian Peninsula with nothing more than rice aroni And and, a sharpened stick. Yes. I'm (laughs) still here. And he enjoyed it. So you'll be getting a lifetime supply or at least a couple of boxes in the mail.
0: Uh, at some point. Make room in your pantry, Nick. It's on its way. I will do that. I will do that. Right. I appreciate the uh, the gift. Well, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your uh, good-natured hanging with us through this thing, and we look forward to having you on again.
2: All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Take me. care. Thanks, Nick.
0: Through this thing, and we look forward to having you on again.
1: Well, boy, that was an exciting episode, Brad. I think we've covered the gauntlet. Some would say we've, um, you know, uh, gone the full nine yards. Others wouldn't. But I'll tell you what, uh, Nick uh, really had some insights into what's going to happen in 2018. And I do think that uh, uh, we've advanced the ball this year. And I want to look back on everything we've done from uh, the early days of IP Frequently, where we um, had the banter back and forth, to the summer tour of the rock concerts Touring um, with Rush throughout a the Pacific summer. Northwest, and then also um, the, the 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 of course uh, tours of the state fairs, all fun. The Christmas tree trimming contest was fun, um, and I, I'll say, my friend, uh, it's been a good year. I'm looking forward to a great 2018.
0: Uh, Felice Navidad, Godspeed, and so forth. I uh, couldn't agree more. I is it is always a pleasure. Especially when we're on the road, especially when we have a guests like Nick Rose, who's who's as we like to say out on the street, bringing it, bringing it, bringing it. it. He brought it, he brought, he brought it, it. And, and I'll tell it you what, I'll tell you what, Nick. we are looking forward to peeing frequently in twenty eighteen with you, all of our precious listeners, and with that, we'll sign off here at IP Frequently, and we'll catch you next time.